the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Today we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now, any of you that have done any reading are probably curious about what we're going to do there. But I've got to tell you that truth is good and God is good. And we can agree that whatever he has written and placed in his word concerning us is good. It is for our very best. It is in fact our introduction to the fullness of all that he created us for in this life. So as we look at this, we're going to look at it from a new covenant perspective. And what have we learned about a new covenant perspective? In the new covenant perspective, we give in order to receive, don't we? The vine gives us his life, and we as the branch give forth fruit in order to receive. We receive because of his life within us. In order for that life to be manifest, we have to yield to it. and We have to give it out, exert it, right? Isn't that the way it works? If you want to know love, you love. If you want to know joy, you express joy. Everything that you want to know, and I don't mean that you don't have it, But everything that you truly want to know, that you want to embrace concerning the Christian life, you name it, all you need do is express it. Because everything in Christ is yea and amen. That means you have it. You have it. Now, we're going to be looking at verses 2 through 12, which is kind of an odd break. And the reason it's an odd break is because that's where I broke it. It's an odd break. Also, because I would not have time to adequately cover anything beyond that, or at least in my humble opinion. So, we're going to see what God does with verses 2 through 12. And it's a lot of ground to cover and a somewhat controversial text, because to a large degree it's countercultural. Now, I think that if Christians know anything, They should know that you shouldn't let culture define truth for you. But unfortunately, many Christians have. You've heard me use that illustration of how to cook a frog. You know, you throw a frog in hot water, he'll jump right on out. So if you want to cook it, you have to turn the heat up slow. 
Well, that's what's been going on in our society for some time, particularly concerning this issue. The heat has just been slowly turned up. It's been defined and redefined, and it's been brought to us in several different packages to the point that these verses and some of the things that Paul says is going to, to the ear, sound very controversial. In fact, if you follow the way the world receives this kind of stuff, you're going to have, you're going to have some things to get over. But we know God's grace is there for us. Now, the world and the flesh have distorted God's intention concerning gender and their specific roles. And this chapter addresses the role of women in worship. And I just want to say this from the very beginning, okay? This is not a question of the value of a woman. It's not a question of worth. It's an issue of a God-ordained role and function in the light of cultural standards and designations. Okay? So what Paul is going to do is he's going to use a cultural issue to illustrate a principle. And it's the principle that you need to embrace. Don't get too distracted by the cultural issue. Okay? Because what he's addressing, the way he's addressing it, if you get distracted by the cultural issue, you'll miss the principle involved. And what happens is many people get so offended by the cultural issue that they totally dismiss the principle. And I don't want that to happen. Understand this. In the New Covenant, everything we have learned and everything you're going to learn about your relationship with Christ is that everything that touches your life has the purpose of revealing God's purpose and love for you. Principally, His love. Because God is love. So everything that that He says and He orchestrates concerning our living, He does so in love. He doesn't have any private agenda. He doesn't have any private acts to grind. He is not working against your spirituality. He is literally working against your identity in the flesh and affirming your identity in the spirit. That's what each principle does. It works against you conforming yourself to the world and it works for you conforming yourself to the truth of Christ as your life. So as we look at this principle of women in worship, it's not just about women. It's a principle that reaches beyond the gender to the truth of man's relationship with God and the purpose and value of worship. So Paul wanted these believers to understand the order that God had put in place and their value in that order very important for them to understand that. It was very important for them to understand their roles. Now, we need to remember the culture that they were immersed in was grossly immoral. It was grossly immoral. So there was all kinds of distortion, just like there is in any godless society. There was all kinds of distortion concerning roles and gender. That's one of the signs of a, of a culture, of a society that is going south, is that the first thing that will get distorted, one of the first things that will get distorted, is roles and gender. That's how they attack the family. That's how they pull it apart. 
That's how they create the basis for a lot of the divorce, for, for children being left out. Because they, what they do is they create an environment where the utmost priority is independence. Now, don't we know that independence is not of God? We were not created for independence. Nobody, not male nor female, was created for independence. We were created for total dependence on our Creator. And His goal for your life, we don't have to worry about trying to figure that out. His goal for our lives is to recognize that dependence and embrace it. And that's the thing we learn over and over again, isn't it? With every circumstance, we come into the realization that we are dependent upon Him. That's God teaching us. Now, in this church, we understand the Scripture in light of the New Covenant. And i got to tell you, I wouldn't want to preach this message in any other church. Because, you know what, if you're preaching this message to the flesh, the flesh is bound to be offended. But I know that you guys have learned to know the truth and to understand what is written to the Spirit from the Spirit. Okay? So... I'm not wearing a flak jacket. Now, you should all know that your identity is in Christ. Your identity is in Christ, and that is never diminished, regardless of your gender or your role. Your identity is in Christ. It's not in your gender. It's not in your gender. So, what God has set up is a system whereby who you are in Christ is static. It does not move. It is not threatened. When you get to feeling insecure, when you get to feeling threatened, when you feel like you're, somebody is, is going to diminish your identity or your rights, guess where you're living? In the flesh. Spirit doesn't get offended. You know why? Because at the core of you, you know that man can't take life from you. God had literally given us that freedom so that we could live this life with abandon to Him. But we've got to learn that all over again. We've got to learn it on a regular basis. Paul wants them to know the Father's heart concerning them. He wants them to understand their roles. So when we look at these verses, I want you to know the Father's heart concerning you as a man or as a woman. Let's look at verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Paul says, I praise and appreciate you because you remember me in, every, in everything, and you firmly hold to the traditions, the substance of my instructions, just as I have passed them on to you. Now, first of all, Amplified does a good job in breaking down that word traditions. That is actually the Greek word for instruction. So Paul is beginning this, and some people say that Paul is beginning this by giving them a little honey with their vinegar. But in reality, I think that that kind of statement reveals more about your perspective of truth than it does about Paul. The truth is that Paul is not giving them any vinegar. He is giving them the sweetness of the Father's love concerning them. And we need to recognize that up front. He is telling them that they're, they're getting the fundamentals right. They're getting them correct. 
that their teaching for the most part is spot on. Now, the problem was with their practice and with their perspective of doctrine. It wasn't with the doctrine. You see, we understand that. You can embrace the doctrines and you can embrace the ordinances of the church. But if your perspective is man-centered, flesh-centered, your perspective of those doctrines will be totally different. Haven't you learned that? Your understanding of what Christ is trying to affect in you is totally different. Because you're condemned, because you're never worthy, because you're constantly trying to prove yourself to God, because you're all about trying to create a relationship with Him instead of recognizing the one you have. And you've seen how the Lord for us has changed the Lord's Supper. It's not a thing where we walk in scared to death, spend our whole time repenting, 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 begging for forgiveness, then coming up here in fear and trembling, drinking grape juice and eating crackers and hoping that God doesn't strike us dead. Man, talk about a distortion. When God created the whole thing to affirm you, to rest you in truth. So Paul starts off by saying, look guys, you're getting, you're getting the uh, ordinances right. You're, you're teaching things just the way I taught them to you. And he starts by giving them a little bit of encouragement. Because what he's about to say to them is kind of an introduction of a new thought. It's kind of a human experience. You're going along in something, and then you discovered you'd done one thing wrong, and suddenly you wonder if you did it all wrong, right? You immediately begin to rethink everything you've done. Now, Paul's saying, look, you're getting the fundamentals right. Your practice of what I've taught you is, is off, but you're getting the fundamentals right. And I want to encourage you in that. We also know that teaching is not enough. It's not enough to know doctrine. It's not enough to follow the ordinance of the church. There's always the issue of a yielded heart, of communing with the person of Christ, to know the truth as a person rather than just a teaching. And that's where new covenant takes root. When I look at this and I am sitting there, not trying to figure it out with my fleshy brain, but resting in the truth that I have a loving life within me that knows every jot and tittle and has in his heart to bring me into the truth of everything. Well, that's different. You have to read a whole lot less commentaries like that because you've got the great commentator in you. You've got the truth in you. Let's look at verse 3. He says, but I want you to understand. And when he says that, he is going to teach them something they haven't quite grasped yet. He's going to give them a new perspective. He says, I want you to understand that Christ is the head, authority over of every man. And man is the head of woman. And God is the head of Christ. Paul's saying, I just want to teach you this. That God has an order. God has an order of authority and submission. It's not arbitrary. It is purposeful. And he himself abides in that order. I want you to understand this. Now, 
this introduction in verse 3 of this, of this issue seems rather abrupt after reading verse 2, unless you understand that he is literally answering questions. He's addressing this because of a letter that was written. Apparently, there was a need to understand the woman's role in the church. There were issues as to what a woman should be doing and how she should be appearing in worship. So he starts out and he starts with the order, the principal order. And he says, this is where God is the authority over every man and man is the head of of every woman and God is the head of Christ. And really, if you put that in its proper order, you've got God, Christ, man, woman in terms of function. Not in terms of love, not in terms of value, not in terms of anything other than that. In terms of function. God, Christ submitted himself to the Father in obedience. Right? We had to submit to Christ as the head before we received him as Savior. And a woman is to submit to the man. Okay? Now that's the order. I'm going to get into it and explain it in just a minute. So Paul starts by giving an overview of God's order. Now, this is not cultural. He's not speaking to the culture here. He is speaking of the eternal order of God, how he created it to be. Okay? So that we cannot relegate this to culture. This is not a question of equality or value. It's God's order. And to keep us from confining this this order to human designation, he has literally brought God into the center of it. He starts off by putting God at the top of it. And he begins with Christ. Christ is the head, authority over every man. Now that term head means ruler, authority, governor. Christ is the head of every man, whether that man believes it's true or not. He is the head of the church and the ruler of all. Now, that doesn't matter whether or not you think that's so. It's kind of like gravity. <laughs> it is true. In Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, it says, Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, how did he get that position? It was given to him. He didn't just assume it. He submitted to the Father's will concerning it. It was given to him. He has been given authority over man. And as man receives the headship of Christ, man enters into the fullness of all that God has created man to be. Well, you see the key to that? As Christ submitted to God, he entered into the fullness of all that God wanted to give him. All rule, all authority, everything was placed as he submitted to God the Father. As man submits to Christ, everything that God created man to be in his capacity, in his role as man, he can embrace with fullness. He can know 
in fullness, but only through his submission to Christ. Now, we understand this. We, un- we'll, we understand it because we know that if I do not allow the Spirit of God to be love through me, I won't know love. I won't know the fullness of love. And if I don't allow the Spirit of God to, to be forgiveness in me, I will never be able to forgive. And if I don't allow the Spirit of God to reveal my need for Him, I will never know the greatness of my need. You see, everything that I've experienced, I've experienced by yielding to the Spirit of God. Everything that you know spiritually as truth, you have received by submitting and yielding to that truth and receiving it through the Spirit of God. Now, that didn't mean that you've been saved over and over again, does it? It means that you are entering into the fullness of your salvation and who you are. Now, that's what Paul is describing, and that's what God has for us as men. If we want to know the fullness, I didn't say receive it, I said, if we want to know the fullness of all that God created us to be as men, we have to submit to Christ, recognize Him as our source for life. Submission is involved all the way. Authority, submission. Authority, submission. Authority, submission. None of all that God has for us is denigrated or are lesser at any level. Don't we know that every blessing that Christ received through the Father, we have received through Christ? Is that not so? Was Christ diminished because he submitted to the Father? No, in fact, he was exalted. It is said that he is literally the glory of God. He reflected the glory of God in his submission to the Father. Wouldn't have been possible otherwise. Right? He received that position. He received his headship. Man enters into the fullness that God created his man to be through submission. Now, few Christians would presume to argue this point. Because it was through submission to Christ that we became Christians, right? Now comes the part that seems to cause problems, at least for some Christians. That part is, and the man is the head of the woman. Now, it's written there, look it up. And the man is the head of the woman. Many, when they read this verse, want to immediately reference Galatians 3.28, where it says... There is now no distinction in regard to salvation, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you who believe are all one in Christ. No one can claim a spiritual superiority. They think that answers the issue. They believe, in fact, many believe that that verse turns around and negates what we just read in 1 Corinthians 11.3. That doesn't happen in Scripture. It does not happen in Scripture. This verse right here, I say amen to what this verse is actually saying. But this verse in Galatians is dealing with identity. That's what this verse is about. It's dealing with identity. And Paul says, 
in 1 Corinthians is addressing position and function, not identity. Okay? Can you see the difference there? That's why the two verses don't conflict. In, in Christ, there is neither male or female. There is spiritual equality. One writer wrote, Women are in every sense equal to men. In every sense, there is equality. There is equality there, except in the area of assignment of role or duty. Well, that makes sense. You know, I used to think that everybody that had ever joined the army was a ranger. Because I never met a cook. How about you? They were all airborne. They were all rangers. They all fell behind enemy lines and fought their way back, you know, with a, with a bayonet in their teeth. Well, you know, the reality is that not everybody's a ranger. When it comes to the army, everybody has a role. Now, how many of you have been in the military? I know a few of you, all right? Now, did all your superior officers, were they all smarter than you? Huh? I can tell you they weren't. Were all of your superior officer better people than you are? Again, I can tell you they weren't. Well, then how in the world and why in the world are they superior officers? Their role. Their rank. Because when you said, yes, sir, you weren't saying, yes, sir, to the personality. You were saying, yes, sir, to the insignia on that man's shirt. See, there's a difference. You're equal in every way in who you are in Christ. But there's a difference in the role that you play. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods, just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.